0: two things, um, one, you can fail for a long time, <laughs> decide to quit uh, your, to. to I, I don't know the word in English exactly, Like no, you have your eye on the target and right. you start looking somewhere else for a while, mm-hmm. uh, and then you can put your eyes back on the target and still achieve something. That's one mm-hmm. thing that I learned. Uh, mm-hmm. And the other one is, there's always a way, to do great stuff and get whatever you want to use as a a, a KPI for success, but to be successful um, while considering what you like and how you want to work. Uh, So it's not just about the hustle, the hustle, the hustle, and never quitting, et cetera. There's many paths to achieving what you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's super important to align with how you like things to work. Because if Mm. you don't, uh, failure is pretty much guaranteed.
1: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of the Undefeated Underdogs podcast. I'm your host, Sharad. Today, for the first time in the history of my podcast, I'm doing an interview with uh with two folks, like two awesome founders at at a time, and these two guys are are unbelievable founders. I saw their journey right from zero to one to n uh they're none other than the founders of Tweet Hunter, Tom, and Tebow. Welcome to the show Hey
2: welcome so to be here uh.
1: Yes, I'm excited to actually dive a little deeper into the uh, the story of yours from Tweet Hunter. You know, like I said, from the for for the early days to uh, where you are after the post acquisition. Uh, so, for folks who don't know, Tom and Tebow, these are like you know uh, one some of the uh, awesome founders I know personally in the bootstrapping world who actually really really takes care of customers and the community and product like you know and, and in, a, in an unbelievable way they had their fair share of failures before which we want to cover in the podcast and most importantly they made like you know a, a big splash with tweet hunter so uh, before i dive into all these questions yeah welcome welcome again and right off the bat again i think let's this is more of like a conversation pick whoever i don't want to like you know popcorn it who are like, want to just jump in uh, to answer this question? Let's talk about not just like Tweet Hunter, right? Like, let's go back to the early, early days of your journey as a founder solo, like, you know, individually. Uh, what was, I, I know the story, but I want to hear from your words how Tebow sold his first product, I, I believe, like, you know, uh, before even like jumping into uh, Tweet Hunter. So, what was your initial? this look like as a founder, as a SaaS founder, as an indie founder, uh, if you're going to go ahead.
2: The, the thing is, this was actually just not only me, but it was with Toma too. <laughs> like basically we, we, we started as startuppers like seven years ago, right after school by mm-hmm. just building our first startup together. It was, it was like the first nice. thing ever for me. Toma, Toma already had experience right. with the previous job, but I didn't and Mm. we did it you You didn't even have a job yeah
0: you were you you went straight from school to okay let's let's build a startup
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay so let's actually talk about that for for a second right how did you guys meet in the first place what was like your your relationship like uh We we,
2: we came from different paths, like uh, uh, basically Thomas was a marketer out of a business school and I was the engineer and we we both decided, Mm. we we didn't know each other, but we both decided to do this master degree in entrepreneurship. Uh, The the goal was basically Mm -hmm. in six months to train us to to build a startup and we just teamed Mm -hmm. up there and we teamed up and decided to to build this crazy project it was about gamification and education for very young kids and i think we did this mistake Mm -hmm. of just jumping on on an opportunity that we saw without really thinking Mm -hmm. about validation or or Mm -hmm. something like founder product fits or founder audience fits we were basically building right. something right. for people that we don't really understand we didn't really understand right um mm-hmm. and the the awful thing is i think we needed two years to realize that it wasn't a project for us so obviously we right. learned a lot but uh, we kind mm. of lo- we kind of lost two years of our life, that we, we could have done something mm. better, I think.
1: Nice. So the thing what is we, you, we Tom? just um, want to hear so the, Tom's version.
0: Yeah. My, my version is uh, quite similar to be honest. Like as Thibaut said, like founder product fit. Uh, we right. were 25 year old kids uh, out right. of uh, business school. We had no kids. Uh, we weren't planning on having any, any like, soon. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, like, what were we doing in this market? You know? right. um, and also, we actually raised uh, funds uh, on this startup. Mm-hmm. Um, just a, a seed round, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. Not something huge, but still something. Uh, right. Instead of focusing on how do we make money. right? Uh, and so we just went, like, bootstrapping was not as popular as it is now.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but but we 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 weren't really focusing as much on, on revenue as we as we're focusing now. Right. Uh, and so yeah this led to us like uh, uh, breaking up because <laughs> you know your founder is basically your 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 life partner right, uh, yeah. and uh, and so we we broke up <laughs> uh Thibaut went to being the uh, a CTO. so he went on to another project first, right. uh, maybe right. we can talk about it afterwards, and then he became the CTO of a pretty big startup mm-hmm. and I personally I I went back to being a, a regular employee I would say mm. uh, and you know, you, you, you have to pay the bills I also yeah. think I wasn't as, uh, like maybe I lost a little bit of confidence uh, mm-hmm. and I needed to feel like I had acquired new skills, uh, and that I was in a better place to restart again, which eventually happened.
1: Right. So the, the, the crazy so, thing about so, uh, this first startup
2: uh, is, um, right. Like, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. We, we, br- we broke up and a lot of time went on and about a few mm-hmm. years later, I reached out to Thomas, wanted to, to. Uh, buy his shares of the company. And I did. It was very nice who just let me carry on with this project alone. And I ran some experiments mm-hmm. earned a little bit of money. And even if I knew that it couldn't be the next big thing, I, I made it right. sustainable, sustainable enough to, to right. set it on microacquire. And I did. I did find a buyer. An American guy is super nice. Right. Uh, he, he bought the business mm-hmm. and he's actually running it right now. So I really hope that he's going right. to be able nice. to, to succeed where, where we fail.
1: Wow, nice. So uh, let's act. There's like so many things I want to unpack there. The, one, the first thing I, I, that came to my mind is that product founder mar, founder product fit, right? Or founder market fit. So both are really, really important. The reason is I had a similar experience myself. So before I did everything, right now in the last three, four years, before that, I uh, with a friend, you know, you know KP, right? KP and I, we build this thing called closing page, which m- many people doesn't know. It's like a sales thing. We have no background in sales. We are not salespeople. It's a B2B startup. The idea is like to solve a sales guy's problem and f- you know, provide some value in their sales flow. We failed miserably. Like just how you guys are mentioning, like we've spent like 18 solid months while working full-time jobs and spent like a ton of money. We both are non-technical. We hired like an agency who sits like somewhere, like, you know, outside US. So I can empathize with you uh, about the journey, like, you know, about the highs and lows, especially when you're not building something that's not going to work and you're investing time and money and effort, right? So let's start there, like, why didn't you give up? Why didn't you felt like, you know what, this is so shitty, like, this is horrible. We're building, we're not seeing the rewards. Sometimes like customers or the users who just use use on a free plan, for example, they're not giving tight feedback. Most people discourage you because it's a nice to have product and you have no fucking clue about what you're going to build because it's not your product building for yourself. How how did you process that? And why didn't you like, you know what, this is enough uh, before you broke up? Like, is there a stage where you both felt like, man, this is tough?
0: So m- my view on this is that, strangely enough, we were delivering value to our users. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I still say today that the best day I ever had uh, in my professional life, is right. the first review we had on the app store. And mm. it was this mom, uh, a mother of a young child, who said, right. like five stars, um, right. my children are actually brushing their teeth now without complaining because we're using your app. Mm. Uh, and I mean, we had a lot of people who were really satisfied. Okay. Um, maybe not everyone, but right. most of them. And uh, and so there was no sign from uh, the market as a, I mean, from the users who were telling us you should quit. Right. Uh, the sign should have been you're not making money, but right. the the sign we were getting was what you're doing is great. Uh, and right. so so we wanted to we because we weren't making any money, we needed to raise more. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and personally, maybe tipo you have a different perspective, but I started getting discouraged when uh, we we were pitching uh, and, uh, you know, we didn't get many follow-up meetings. Uh, and in the end, we, we weren't able to raise uh, a second time. So for me, this was the point where, that was the signal where I heard, okay, th- there's a real problem here, um, right? And I gotta pay the bills, and I don't have the energy or the willingness
2: anymore to mm. to keep going on.
0: I don't know what you think about it. TV.
2: Yeah, I I have a, like um quite a different feeling because like y- you ask why did we stop? Maybe maybe another question is why did we continue? And and I think that's we we were very wrong and very biased on two things that's we raised money and we were doing mm-hmm. something that people actually likes in a way that it's educational mm-hmm. it's for kids so so like at right. every family dinner you can say that my business is validated because i raise money and i am doing something quite nice for kids <laughs> so this this right. makes you feel quite nice and and you are just right continuing on business just because you you feel good as an individual, but you are actually not earning money. So this, I think it it makes you continue for the wrong reasons.
1: Right. But I think, uh, so it's very interesting that what you said, I feel like I, I hear a lot of stories about founders saying, Hey, I'm not building something I want or a target customer I want. So I'm actually stopping it. Like there is no growth. In your case, it's slightly different. You are seeing, like you said, positive feedback from the users. So, uh, what made you like think, apart from fundraising, not getting good prospects from second round, whatever I think it's like a seed round, I guess at that point. Apart from that signal, what made you think like you're seeing value, or you're seeing like this this feedback loop building? and the reward intangible reward i would say not like a monetary reward so were you guys like intentionally made a choice like since we are not generating revenue that's actually like it makes no sense to continue what was the reason
2: i i think it was Thanks just about the, that one a little bit was the, the the realization that it cannot be the next big thing like we we were hoping to to be a big company having multiple products, uh, because we loved right. developing new stuff. We wanted to build an empire, and and right. we just saw that it was impossible. Well, the,
1: the, the that was that was something I want to unpack, which is, uh, I know, looking back, it's like probably the best decision you ever made, <laughs> but I want to unpack that so that the listeners who are in the same situation like for example you know founders who are still dwelling on an idea for like longer than a year or so getting these positive signals from customers and they're not going they're not moving the needle so is it like a gut thing if it is a gut thing you know it it it's a, it's a personal thing but I, is there a logical reason or something that you felt it, like you know what
2: in our in our case like i think uh, we had this um uh, this vision where we had a green zone and a red zone and if we reached some kpis uh we were in the green zone and uh it was like a very good thing and obviously we would continue and and we never we never reached this zone and there there was mm-hmm. also this red zone with the very bad kpis and that would have made right. stop the business earlier but the thing is in 90 percent of the case, you are in the gray zone in between mm-hmm. because the KPI are not awesome, but they are not super bad either. And, and so it became, mm-hmm. it became a gut feeling stuff, like, like in, in almost every mm. situation. And there is no absolute answer. Right. Right.
0: It's, it's not just gut feeling, uh, at least for me. Uh, so, I have a personality where I like to, uh, discover new things. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I change, uh, projects and companies quite often, uh, like up until now, two years has been my max, you know, uh, (laughs) and, and for me, because there wasn't this founder, uh, market fit, uh, I think also my. I think i got kind of bored by the project you know like it's it's kind of like well w- i'm not making very good money uh because right. uh i'm not making any <laughs> uh and i have to work on something where i kind of lost the drive and the energy and the motivation to right. uh, to keep going so uh for me it's not just gut feeling like is this going to be good a good company or a bad one it's also a you know like uh i i right. i feel like i need to move on to something else uh and uh and yeah and i was also yeah. seeing all my my friends from business school or high school or whatever you know they they improving in their lives getting better mm-hmm. and better jobs et cetera. and when you're kind of stuck it's 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 not always fun to deal with yeah you know? <laughs>
1: you know, i completely understand i think it 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 makes end of the day, I feel you should find joy in what you do, right? Like if you're not finding what you do and if you're not loving what you do, I feel it'll feel like work and not play. And of course there is like multiple factors, like you said, you know, peer pressure or like peer, peer comparison and self-awareness is something like, you know, a lot of, a lot, many founders rely on and gut feeling is another thing. I'm so happy that you made that decision because without that you wouldn't be here uh with with 300 and whatnot so uh so you broke up you guys like you know what let's split up and you do your individually you, you guys did your own thing uh what did you guys do before after that 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 simple project you've built and before tweet 100 what was some experiments so, you know i know tebow via twitter and i think he's one of the first per first uh first guys who interacted with me in, in Twitter DMs about like a like a simple AI product he's working on and we we both like I think I shared some feedback. I don't remember if I'm <laughs> if I did good feedback or shared good feedback or not. But what was what were what are some experiments and what are some projects you took, some ideas you tinkered uh in between this space between before, before, uh, before Tweet Hunter?
0: So we had we experimented with, I don't know, maybe five projects or something. Um, we had oh. one project which was about uh, scraping Google Maps mm. and enriching the data, right? So that you would get leads for businesses that prospect on a local level. So that right. we actually got a client for that. Uh, it right. was a an advertising agency for movie theaters Uh, and so they they reached out to local uh, businesses so that they would advertise uh in their local theater basically so that Um, was that was an interesting project but we didn't have that many clients and they were not self-served clients right so we had to provide them with the data right Uh, and we really didn't want to have something that was unscalable so we moved and on this
1: is all this. this is all you both doing together i think you guys are like together uh, you founded this thing called pony express is that right or yeah. are you are you still like okay pony yeah, express doing... is
0: our company name
1: basically
0: right Sweet hunter tapio they are our products and pony mm-hmm. express is the company right um so yeah that was together uh, personally i i didn't launch or tinker with anything while mm-hmm. I was an employee, so I only started uh, tinkering again, uh, to use the same word, uh, <laughs> when I joined back with Tebow. But Thibaut tinkered a
2: tinkered a, a lot, lot, I think. Yeah, I would love to hear years.
1: your 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 version, Tebo.
2: You mean about like um, about before Pony Express?
1: Before like Pony I, Express, I, I, and even in, with Pony Express, what what what's what are some ideas you tinkered? like
2: after like I, right after this first thing with Toma uh I made basically the same mistake where I I started this company uh and this this product it was about teaching video uh, teaching programming to kids uh mm-hmm. with the video game mm-hmm. and we raised mm-hmm. so much money like more mm-hmm. than uh, almost I think 500k we raised like we hired a team of 15 people. We basically created a video game studio. And, and I was so wrong oh. at, at believing that we could do it because the, it wasn't really for me. Like I, I have this, I have this urgency and this willingness to ship fast and to, to work mm-hmm. with iteration and to have, to hear feedback from users. And it's really not how mm-hmm. video games work. Like you need to go in the cave work during four years and and ship something which is absolutely perfect so mm-hmm. again we we did something amazing uh, awesome video game where kids could actually create their own video games by by coding it mm-hmm. uh people loved it but again we didn't earn money and and we ended up um
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, closing the company and setting the assets uh we we managed to get something that we hope again the buyer is going to launch it because I really
1: loved these projects. Right. And again, same question. Like what, when you're getting, when you're getting that signal that people are loving it, people are create I mean, kids are creating their own video game versions. <laughs> again, what made you like, you know what, this is not working for me again. Like the second time, not the first time. First time it's like, okay, you're, so in you're this, new. In this,
2: case, in this case, it was really like the, the money on the bank accounts. Like there there wasn't enough money to mm. pay the team. So I I went right. through something that is, I think the worst nightmare of, of a startup founder is mm-hmm. having to gather the, the team and have this hard talk about, we don't have enough money to pay the next month so we are going to close the company and and uh, i'm going to help um the most that i can but Mm. yeah you have to close up.
1: yeah it's hard and and i think it's one of yeah go ahead
2: i think it was for me it was really the um, the hardest experience and the one that made made me want to move on with this new new way of working with Toma which is basically um validate first like don't don't spend mm-hmm. months or years on something that cannot uh, become right. big right
1: and i i think that thinking came with a very <laughs> strong price tag i would say which is good i feel it, it's like a, it's like this from taking this from uh, the quote from this famous Steve Jobs commencement speech, the patient needs the medicine, you know, to, to get the cure. So, which is, which is sometimes tough, but it's good thing that, uh, those are the first hand experiences you, sh- you should rely on instead of like learning from others or reading other people's experiences. You can't really make a decision, but coming from those two failures, uh, and doing a lot of things by yourself at Pony Express. What are some incredible things that failure taught you, both of you? Like, I want to like uh, start with maybe Tom. Um,
0: so, like for 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 a while uh, after this first experience with uh, Thibaut, and after and while I was being an employee, uh, personally, I, I think I felt like a failure for like to some extent you know like i I wasn't like uh i hadn't failed at everything but Mm -hmm. i wasn't accomplishing my goals uh and that lasted for quite some time you know because like i also have this uh i already said but like i I like to switch projects which Mm -hmm. also even as an employee is not that great because right. you don't capitalize a lot on your yeah. previous experiences. You uh, just, you know, move to uh, right. And then I joined Tebow again. And we the fact that we iterated so much on so many, like, both at the product, like, wh- which product are we going to build level? And the, yeah. well, now that we've built a product, like, features do we build next, et cetera, like it's, it's always ever changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and in the end, like we kind of made it cause you know, like we just announced our, our exit, et cetera. Uh, right. and, and so what, what this has taught me is, uh, I'd say two things. Um, one, you can fail for a long time, <laughs> decide to quit, uh, your, to, to I don't know the word in English exactly. Like, you know, you have your eye on the target and you start looking somewhere else for a while Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you can put your eyes back on the target and still achieve something. That's one Mm -hmm. thing that I learned. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the other one is there's always a way to do great stuff and get whatever you want to use as a, a KPI for success, but to be successful, um while considering what you like and how you want to work Uh, so it's not just about the hustle the hustle the hustle and never quitting etc there's many paths to achieving what you want to achieve Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's super important to align with how you like things to work because if Mm. you don't uh Failure is pretty much guaranteed. <laughs> uh, so I don't regret anything. Uh, I just know that now I have to trust that the way I work is the good way for me to work and that this mm. delivers results. And I don't, I don't have to pretend to be somebody that I'm not, you know.
1: Mm, love that. Tibo, what about you?
2: I think there is, um, uh, one thing is our first startup we built together. Because we wanted to build a big empire, we had this—we had this crazy thoughts about building many mobile apps linked together that would create mm-hmm. a big ecosystem in which we could uh, provide a lot of value to to users. And that was just too right. big. Like it was our right. first venture together. There, and and it, it, right. it created so much comp- complexity for the users. There was no way it's going to work. Mm. Um, something right. we did very differently this time is uh, bringing back the product to one and only one feature. One thing that, that mm. is providing a lot of value and asking people to, to pay for that upfront. And I think that's that's how right. you are able to deliver fast, provide a super smooth right. experience for users, get valuable feedback because you are asking for feedback on one, only one thing and validate your ID right. quite fast.
0: Idea. I, I would add, uh, it's also how you retain control mm-hmm. over your, the decisions that you can make. As soon mm-hmm. as you raise, you, you have people who are inside your company mm-hmm. and who are going to they can be really nice, you know. That's not the issue. It's just that at at some point uh, the their opinion is going to matter just as much as yours. Uh, mm-hmm. They can disagree with what you want to do, uh, and they provide you with you know you're on life support basically. Uh, but mm-hmm. at some point the life support runs out, uh, and if you're on life support, then you are not you are probably not uh, focusing. On the most important metric which is your business has to pay for
1: its cost mm-hmm. love that yeah there i think you know uh some incredible lessons and, and i really really like how you put uh tibo which is breaking down everybody has grand vision right the difference between winners and losers is that the dream is the same but the way you execute is different like how you build systems how you Uh, approach a problem and how you solve and by doing that like and really really evaluating the next step I think those are the things that are that makes a lot of difference scoping down a little bit toning down a little bit executing fast failing fast I feel those are some incredible uh, first-hand experiences that only people who take action will experience right so love that so and i th- I think one question before I went I, w- I want to go into Tweet Hunter is that you guys kind of you said in your words, you broke up after this first venture, and I assume that there are like of course, there's a solid period of time you you know came back together, right? How did you establish trust with each other, you know, because you kind of started something in your own words, you didn't make it, so you failed and you're again starting something. And this time with different set of values, different set of rules, so which is all good, but trust is really important to make things work, right? Especially between founders. So one, how did you establish trust with among yourself? And number two, for listeners, what advice or tips you can give uh, for founders who are technical like Thibaut and who are non-technical like Tom? How do they find their partners? Like two two of the questions for you guys. Yeah, go
2: ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> was, I think it was an easy one. <laughs> like it's, it's I don't I don't feel it's going to be helpful because it was so easy for us. Like when we got back together to build Pony Express, the trust was obvious. I think because mm-hmm. when we worked together at Pistach on the, on our first startup, mm-hmm. no matter the situation, no, no matter the success or the failures, it, it has always been, um, the collaboration with, between Thomas and I has always been amazing. Like the, mm-hmm. the degree of, um, transparency and authenticity, uh, was, was very, very high.
1: Right.
0: Uh, I think that's true. And. But it could have not been the case, you know, like we, we, I mean, when we first started working together, because uh, we didn't really know each other, like we, we were in the same class and in in our master's degree, but our master's was about building a startup. So very quickly, you've got to, you know, point at someone, <laughs> say, you want to do a business? Yeah, okay, let's go. Uh, okay. We, we we could have been less lucky. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But my advice is don't find a co-founder, find someone you want to uh, work with. Uh, And it's more about the person than it is about the project. Mm -hmm. And so so you don't have to become co-founders when you start, you just have to work on something together. And you you can build a startup in weeks or months or years, Um, But you can do any small scale project in a matter of days and get the feeling that the person when working with you is the right person, that they put in the efforts to achieve uh, the realization of the project, etc. So for me, the the wrong way to go about it is I have an idea. I need Mm -hmm. to find a co-founder to help me build it or market it. For me, this is not how most people should go about it. Most mm. people should go about, I have this set of skills. I know that I should have like uh, another set of skills with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, for example, I, I don't know how to write a line of code. Uh, right. So I need someone who can. Uh, right. Okay, that's what I'm going to go and try to find. Not someone. I'm not someone with an idea trying to push my idea on a programmer saying, oh, please build this with me. I have great ideas that I come from business, marketing, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, no, it's like, hey, I have these skills, you have those. Why don't we figure out something we want to work on for a couple of weeks? Uh, mm. and if this goes well, then maybe you can do an actual company together.
1: Mm. I like that a lot because I think the the trend I see as well is founders push their uh solo founders when i say founders solo founders before having their finding their partners like how you mentioned they just push their agenda their idea and it feels desperate like okay let's actually make it instead of that what you said is absolutely uh i wouldn't say it's not the truth but it, it it actually logically makes so much sense i have a skill you have a skill let's collaborate no matter what idea it is it's not about the end goal it's about taking that one step together and see how we have that chemistry. Yeah, so, this one is so good, absolutely. Yeah, I'm so so good. Like, it, it's yeah. it's
2: crazy how it's a huge benefit to team up before having the ID because then you can just mm-hmm. build the ID together and, and the ownership of the ID is shared. And it's definitely not the case right. in 80% of the co founder research that we can see right
1: yeah 100 percent. because yeah most of the most of the co-founders hunt start with hey i have an idea we want you to collaborate and people like you even i started i i am a, a kind of I kind of like false in that spectrum when i sh- started shout out it was like my idea and i don't know how to code i actually validated it and it's there is no right or wrong way. It's like about building that relationship with your co-founder in a way, right? So there are different ways, and I feel, uh, you know, what you shared is absolutely true. So, okay, let's let's of course talk talk about the elephant in the room, which is Tweet Hunter. Uh, I don't want to get into the details of how you came about the idea of Tweet Hunter because I think you've you broadcasted that message thousands of times, like you know. So I want don't want to talk about that but one thing i want to also i want to mention is that tweet hunter is kind of responsible uh in a major way to influence uh on people about how to use twitter so was that the case from the beginning or was 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 that like a byproduct of what you started because it i truly saw Audience building—why people should build an audience—and it become like this behemoth of industry in a way, right? Like for so many startups, like even shoutout, kind of falls in the same uh, market. And Tweet Hunter is primarily kind of pushed the boundaries, you know. I, and I saw so many people are getting educated because of your content, your the things you did. Was that the case every time, or? Is it like again like a byproduct? We just started Tweet Hunter, and it became like this thing where you know the boundaries were pushed.
0: I, I, I don't think we we pushed the boundaries, or I don't think we like I don't think it's either uh, uh, an intention nor uh, like an original intention nor a byproduct. Uh, for me, we we so historically you have great startups that are built by making something that's available to a select few, available mm-hmm. to a lot more people. Uh, mm-hmm. And everyone was seeing these trends, you know, in terms of right. how to write a good piece of content. You can right. see it on Twitter, you, like how to write a, a, per, a high-performing piece of content. You see right. it on Twitter, you see it on LinkedIn. Uh, you've got more and more posts that are written uh in a more um uh, careful way that the, that is meant to deliver results mm-hmm. uh and i think that we were if not the first at least amongst the first to mm-hmm. uh see the trends and not know how to act upon it for ourselves you know right um like oh there's this post it's super well written no matter why like uh, there's there's a reason why it performed well, etc, but if I just take one post, it's mm-hmm. hard to apply it to my own niche, etc. How do I do the same thing? The entire right. uh, thought process is longer. So I think we made that easier yeah. uh, and we made so a, a, a top one percent of copywriters is always going to be the top one percent of copywriters, you know, like they're always going to write the top one percent of posts, but it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the ninety-nine percent people who are not this person uh, cannot write something that's still pretty damn good mm-hmm. and gets results. And I think this is what we helped uh, set in motion. Uh, we contributed to it at least, but we mm-hmm. were always oh, already seeing more. In, like we didn't invent this trend. You know, like mm-hmm. we were already seeing more and more people understand the underlying structures of formats, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course. So, um, so yeah, but I think we made it a bit more accessible to people.
1: What about you, Devo? I,
2: I feel the same. Like, uh, it's, we, we actually built these products for ourselves in the first place, like we, like in, in the. First, um, first few projects that we shipped, all customers were coming from Twitter, and so right. we we wanted to to grow our Twitter audiences, and we didn't really know how to do. and And the very first version of Tweet Hunter before we offered it to users was actually a scripts, a scripts script mm. looking for very high performing tweets, and and displaying it on the console. To just inspire me to write better tweets, and it worked. Right. And that's that's why we decided to make it a product. So it's mm, like that. Yeah, it, it's actually it's it's useful from start for for me right. in the in the first place.
1: Yeah, I think you kind of build something for yourself again, which is which is a major lesson I learned as well. Um, after you, for you, it's like two times for Tibo. for you, it's one time, Tom, but yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the, one of the obvious things people miss because of the temptation or, I don't know, this, have this grander vision of, okay, what if we build this? Uh, one thing I want to ask is you build an AI tool before AI become like so popular, right? Like right now it's like, it's like the most common thing. <laughs> people can talk about why when did you saw the potential like you know and this is like this is the right path i have to we have to go together uh, what was like that aha moment
2: for me it was like two years ago it was uh, it was christmas and that was i was invited at my wife's family we were mm-hmm. having christmas dinner and and it was the very very beginning of gpt3 like it just really is i just mm-hmm. got access and and right. i told them about it and i was saying things like oh, it's so huge you don't you don't understand it's going to change the world and they were looking at me like i was the craziest guy ever <laughs> and they still are i think <laughs> but Even yeah i think come on <laughs> But super early. It's for me. It was crazy how these things are going to change the world.
1: Right. So, uh, like,
0: I I didn't actually think we were doing something in this. So, we we got access to GPT three, and it was insane for us. But we were already seeing tools that were doing stuff with GPT mm three. So Mm -hmm. I felt like we were late to the party. Like we, mm. like we so I, I didn't at all have this feeling that, like I, th- I I thought like, oh damn, like mm. everything that's obvious is already being done, like writing a blog post, yeah. right. Uh, right or outlining a blog post uh, uh, and and so I thought, ah, like, oh, shit, <laughs> like I wish I had access like two months earlier, right and for, for me, yeah we were we were late, but it turns out, we weren't because like, you yeah. it's like you just write a post about chat GPT3, a chat GPT and you get like a thousand likes. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that's amazing. And so one of the, I think one of the moves you made, which actually were kind of controversial, I, I remember because Thibault, uh I do remember you, you were trying to uh, market both of you. Tweet Hunter, and you're just opening up with your pricing plan. I, I do remember that phase, and you asked for the credit card before even like showing the product. That was like kind of like a before users getting value. This was after you validating. I remember you and it was like we we shared some feedback and all that back and forth. What kind of moves? I don't I don't necessarily treat it as a risk in a way, but it's kind of like a gutsy move. For for someone who's just getting started, opening up their pricing plans, There's, there can be a backlash, right? What was what was the other moves that you made similar to that that actually kind of you know it's a harsh truth, but people has to face it. You have to face it as a founder. Which moved the needle?
0: So other moves than the 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 fact that we asked for the card details before the free trial, correct?
1: Right. Yeah. Just, it's like the first thing you do, right? Like when you sign up, yeah, yeah, all yeah, yeah. I see is like the card details. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, we, so we did that for a, a few reasons. Uh, one is we want to validate with revenue. Two is we are, uh, and we still are, like we were and we still are a small team. And we honestly, like, to be honest, we we don't want to focus our effort Mm -hmm. on people who are just curious. So it's not about like charging you uh, out of the blue. It's, uh, it's about knowing that when we spend time, we spend time on people who are motivated enough. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and there's the third, yeah, the 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 cost of the tech that we use as soon, especially when we implemented uh, AI, uh, well, it costs uh, a lot of money. So we don't want to, del- hmm. we didn't want to deliver value for free. Right. It's like, it's not free for us, you know, so why should it be free for the, you know. Um, so that, these are the main reasons why we, we did it and we. We backed ourselves by having a, a far more generous refund policy than we legally should should have, or whatever.
1: Right.
0: Um, right. But yeah, that, it's kind of a filter in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other moves that we did, I remember one where we di- we discussed it for a long time with Thibaut. You know, it's like, do we want to remain um, content, like focused on content inspiration? Mm-hmm. Or do we add scheduling and publishing to the product? Mm-hmm. And it, it arrived fairly quickly, but right. it took a few weeks to make this decision because uh, other tools, like tens of other tools were providing this, you know? Right. And so uh, that was a sort of difficult decision. Uh, I wouldn't say controversial, but for us as founders, we had a lot of debate uh, <laughs> about that one. Uh,
2: And other truthfully controversial moves, I don't know. I don't know if they were controversial, but they were super, it was super scary for us to release these Mm -hmm. um, tweet hunter creative investors thing. Where where basically we were giving away Mm. a little bit more than 1% of our products to people in in the hope Mm. that they would uh, push us it was, it was crazy. Like, and it's, it's something that we were, we are very happy that we did, but we made the contracts so easy for them to accept that they could have Mm. the advantage and the benefit without doing anything if they want to. And they didn't, obviously they helped a lot, but we weren't sure of that. And something else that we are handling right now is, sorry, just one thing because I'm I'm it's it's uh it's making us quite busy right now, but I don't know if you remember, but we are we are sharing one percent of the sale of of Twitter to to our own users. And and mm-hmm, it's something yeah. that I... I'm so happy to have this opportunity to give back a little bit.
1: Yeah, because I think that's a clever move it's kind of involving the community and they have skin in the game too, right? Like you're kind of not in the way crowd, so crowdfunding or anything that's, that's a separate concept, but involving the community and giving a pie, sharing the pie with them is something a lot. Many people don't do because of whatever reason, because it, it, and it's a positive, sum game like you win, they win. It feels more organic. Uh, so, I want to talk about JK Molina, you know, he's, he's this incredible, uh, content writer. He, he tweets like insane threats. What was the reason bringing him on board? Like, is that, is that more of like a growth hack or what, what where uh, did you get the idea? Like in the first so place?
0: I, I wouldn't call it a, a growth hack because, um, she was with us, uh, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, like up until the, the exit. So for me, like for me, a growth hack has this connotation that it's very short term, et cetera. Right. Um, the idea came from him. Maybe Thibaut, you want to uh, give some, uh, some details on how that happened.
2: Well, I actually just de-end him to get his feedback on the tool. And I definitely didn't have, have this partnership in mind. He was, he was the guy who Mm -hmm. said, I want, I want to be in, I want equity. And so we started talking about that. And I think he's a very smart guy. He saw the opportunity very early in, in tweet hunter when we had mm -hmm. like 2k MR, but he, as a writer, Mm -hmm. he knew very, very early that our way of working. The, the the sas twitter is is actually a, a huge time saver for writers is exactly what the, the technique right. that he's promoting in his own course just looking at great content right. makes you write great contents that's it
0: and the, there is another thing which is there aren't or at least there weren't that many people who were talking about copywriting on twitter Hmm. Um, a lot of people want to partner up with influencers just right. because they have an audience, and they don't see, right. they don't pay as much attention uh, sure. as they should to right. how relevant the the positioning, the content, right. or the topic of the person is. Uh, so we could we te- like we could have partnered with maybe a bunch of people, but he, I believe, was one of the only big names that we're talking about t- twitter copywriting uh, uh a year uh, a year and a half ago.
1: right there is so relevance right i think relevancy is really important when you collab with someone like how he's mentioning you know it's about sharing that skill set sharing that same values uh so i'm so glad that you you guys collaborated because you know everything else after that was like a worked well uh I'm going to ask like some questions just for myself <laughs> because I want to learn from you guys. So with me, take my example, like there are like so many founders like, like me who went from zero to one and that's it like, you know, we didn't scale or we didn't made that big exist. like how you guys did. There are like a lot of founders that like a majority of founders like side pro- either can be a side project like shout out went from zero to one. Uh, I'm just curious, number one, what are some things that founders like me should do from to go from one to N, which is building that revenue stream, growing that fast and making that million dollar exit? Not necessarily for that outcome per se, but what was uh, what, what, what are some things that you can share with the audience uh, in uh, to me as well, the process of going from one to N?
0: So I like I think uh, there's there's n and there's n plus uh, one thousand, you know, and I, I think what we've managed to do up until now is go to one from a lot, and then the next step is a lot to <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> yeah. um, but in that intermediary stage, um, for me, like we remained very lean. As a structure. Honestly, we could have started hiring a bunch of people right. um I don't know, nearly a year ago. Right. Uh and we didn't. Uh so that was I think super important because we, we remained agile, mm-hmm. uh, we remained quick and mm-hmm. we remained very close to our users. I mean, up until I don't know, six months ago, maybe a bit more uh we i was handling all the customer support you know mm. um so to, to to stay like your 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 head in the game etc is is obviously key uh, another thing which is maybe a bit more um actionable we had one marketing strategy uh, mm-hmm. our marketing strategy is that we do not like traditional marketing we think it's boring uh and so we made ourselves we turn marketing into something that we appreciate mm. uh, and what we appreciate is building products and doing stuff that is a bit risky like what Thibaut uh what Thibaut just said uh, mentioned uh, like the the creative investors thing uh giving right. back one percent to our users partnering mm. with JK um building a bun and so that's for the the original stuff and the uh, building products stuff. Like we made, like I did a thread the other day where I listed all the the side products, the side tools, free tools that we built around our paid products. Mm-hmm. And like just by doing the list, it was insane because like I had like 15 or 20 of those and I forgot a few. <laughs> like I didn't even like manage to remember all of them uh and so so yeah that, that was really key for us i think uh mm-hmm. this this approach to turning marketing into something that we liked either because it was exciting and risky or because it was like right into our skill set and what we love doing which is building products um so for so, me like yeah com- compound interest you know do that 20 times and it, it'll pay off Thibaut, maybe you want to add something.
2: For me, I think it, it was really about shipping more, like shipping more and more hmm. and more. Because like, I remember how we did things before and, and you you wonder about so many things that many, many of your IDs, you, you are not shipping them. Like you are just not, not sure that right. it will perform. So you are not doing it. I think this time right. with we just had this this uh, uh, this way of working where we just think less and ship more, and I, I think mm. at least once every week we try to ship something new or that that would grab attention. And the thing is, right. you never know; like you are always surprised by the results. It's it's crazy how something right. that you think is going to work is sometimes not, and and the opposite right. also um is very true and shipping more stuff is the best and best way to learn about human psychology about what what people are really looking for it's it's the best Mm. way to move forward in my opinion
1: yeah absolutely it's
0: it's not just about ship just to clarify because i think (laughs) Thibaut said it but it's really important it's not just about shipping Mm -hmm. features of your product it's also about shipping marketing right uh and like it's more about doing than shipping because shipping has this dev terminology to it right,
1: and right. it's not yeah.
0: just about dev it's about all aspects of your business just
1: i think yeah i can i can summarize in a way that it's about building momentum every single week like yeah moving exactly. one yeah. inch not like a feet. you know that's like a that's like most people think that if you move feed, you may you're making progress i completely disagree i i i, I truly believe after you know building shout out and building like a lot of side projects it's about really freaking moving an inch every single week or whatever the cadence you put like it doesn't matter like how you said tom about compound interest right if you move one inch at a time and look back you've already moved like you know so much right and that's so underestimated by many people because moving an inch doesn't actually give any output immediately. There is no immediate outcomes to it. Uh, I really like that. I I think being lean, making strategic moves involving uh, or collaborating with relevant people that actually share your vision and ultimately like, you know, building momentum, both from product as well as every other aspect like content, marketing, collapse, launching experiments, launching side projects, like everything counts towards that inch. Uh, I really love that. What are some mistakes you made? And I, I'm sure it's not going to be like a, it's not a rose bed, right? It's not like a rosy, flowery path, building Tweet 100. You would have made some uh, mistakes along the way. and how did you recover and kind of like moved really fast from it? If you want to share
2: Well, at the very beginning, we were super hesitant at, uh, adding a scheduler to tweet at first, it was only about inspiration <laughs> and we mm-hmm. didn't, we didn't want to do it because it was big, like it was heavy to, to develop, right. but we did it anyway, because a lot of people mm-hmm. were asking for it. And in the first few weeks mm. and month, it was super buggy. Like people had had tweets mm. not uh, coming out or threads cut in half, and images not right. being posted. And and the way we reacted to that is just fixing um, relentlessly. Mm. Like giving giving pe- people who experienced bug were being given a free month of Twitter, and at the same time mm. we had we try to fix bugs in less than a few hours and it works like Mm. people. Yeah. When people reach out and you fix the bug in, in a few hours, they are even more engaged because they, they love that you react quickly. Right. Um, from another standpoint,
0: another mistake that I think we did, uh, is trying to sell your business. You know, uh, mm. let, let me elaborate a little bit. But uh, at some point we were doing, we had meetings with quite a few people who were interested mm-hmm. uh, in uh, acquiring us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it started to divert our focus a little bit. Mm. Uh, in the end, the people we, the company we sold to, Lempire, which who makes Lemlist, Mm-hmm. um they it happened naturally without us having to divert our focus and start doing stuff that is not in our DNA, like mm-hmm. um slides uh, meetings, uh presentations uh like email threads that go back and forth for weeks mm-hmm. uh it happened much more naturally uh, and so. Right. Yeah, uh, I think at some point, so it, it didn't impact us too bad, because we kept growing while having those meetings and those discussions, etc. But right. at some point, Thibaut and I just agreed to say, Okay, just let's stop. <laughs> let's refocus on our business. Uh, we'll just start talking to to Lendless because like we, we, we like them and like they, they, mm-hmm. they seem to get us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's go back to running running a business. Uh, and mm. yeah, maybe we would have been even bigger if we had not focused mm. on like acquisition meetings or, or whatever.
1: Right. Um, yeah. I like that. Uh, I was also like kind of curiously uh, want to know. So you both, I assume, are full time, right? On this, you're not.
0: No, I have three other uh, $10 million companies. <laughs> 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 Oh uh, yeah, but definitely full time,
1: <laughs> right? So, th- this is this is another thing that is like kind of uh, kind of stops many people because they're not focusing full time on on building these ideas. So they just like you know give up, right? And I truly uh, I'm against that fact that you can still make time weekends, whatever it is, like morning, early mornings, and whatnot. So two things: do you still do you believe that what you pulled off, like going from I think zero to one, I did it myself, so I can confidently say that you can really pull off having a nine-to-five job. You know, you can hustle your ass off, like I said, on finding time and whatnot. Do you believe people can pull off uh, building a million-dollar businesses while having a full-time job? Is, is is there a is there an angle to it? Number one, number two is, if yes what do you suggest? How do you, uh, how do you help manage, in, in you know, or an advice to them?
0: Well, a billion dollar uh, company, uh, I, I would say no, <laughs> probably not. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there are always exceptions, et cetera. Um, but I do believe you can build, uh, a, a profitable income, like a, a, a revenue stream, mm-hmm. uh, by being part time, but it's going to take a lot more time for sure. But I don't mm-hmm. want to blame uh, people who don't do it full time, because mm-hmm. there's many things that can stop, prevent you from doing it. Thibaut and I are very lucky that right. we had some savings, that we live in a country where uh, we like people have this bad view about France for business, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but because of strikes or whatever um but in fact the french government really helps us uh create businesses like i was able to leave my job have some unemployment benefits uh oh, that were paying well. for my bills for a few months so i don't want right. people like i don't want to arrive here and say oh, I, I i hustled i had zero advantages and uh everything is due to my sheer will of becoming uh better like i i did get some advantages that many people don't get um right so i believe you cannot build a million dollar company uh without being full-time but maybe you can make
2: like a few grand a month mm-hmm. uh yeah for sure i i might have a, you're, you're a slightly thinking. different point of view where i I, w- I think you can validate <laughs> while having a job but I don't think you can build a sustainable mm-hmm. and and uh and highly profitable business right. because someone else is gonna quit his job and do the same thing. And and in this right. world where Definitely. you have a lot of resources, it will I think it will outrun you.
1: Mm. Right. Yeah, you know, I truly I believe I think something that I personally struggle, honestly, I'll be honest with you and transparent for whatever reasons i have a full-time job because i have to like you know be on a visa and and whatnot there is like a legality issue which i'm kind of hoping to uh solve in this year hopefully next year uh but i do i want to look curiously like you know uh is there a way can i pull off something like this while doing while keeping the, the thing i think it's about giving attention i think yeah i truly agree with you as well you, if you want to build a sustainable thing, you have to give undivided attention and it's really hard to like, you know, balance two boards. So totally, you know, with you on that. So a couple more questions before we close off. One is you've raised money before. Uh, It's like, I think for Tivo it's two times and for you, Tom, it's like one time, right? And why did you choose bootstrapping this time with tweet hunter? Uh, and number two is what made you to that decision like okay we've made enough that we can do like an exit is it more of like a growing from a million dollar to like 10 million dollar path because i saw your tweet tebow that you're on the path to build the next basically the next milestone so is it that or any other reason on the
2: first point i would say that's It feels so good, not raising money. It's crazy. It's Mm -hmm. crazy how you can focus all your energy to something that is actually truly valuable. It's insane Mm -hmm. how much time we spend raising money, just talking to investors, doing these investors reports. So if, if people don't need it, they should not do it like really. Mm -hmm. And it really makes Mm -hmm. you go way faster. And, and it's like mm. the the last two years with Toma has been way more enjoyable because almost everything we did was directly focused to building and marketing our products. It was, we removed mm-hmm. all the nonsense stuff about convincing investors and, and facing mm. a lot of rejection when you are raising money.
1: Mm. Interesting.
0: I, I, am totally with Thibault on this one. Um, it is a matter of, can you not raise? Because there are projects that deserve, uh, seed rounds and series ABC, you know, but for me, uh, if you're building a SaaS, Mm -hmm. unless it's super enterprise, there is no reason for you to need any, like, to need any kind of funding. Like, you can always right. reduce a SaaS to its bare essentials, which are not very costly. Right. Uh, and, I mean, maybe you need some family money to just get the thing out of the ground, but you don't need more than that. Right. Um, and on your second point, like, why did we sell? Uh, there's, there's many, there's so many, there were so many good reasons to, to do it. There are uh, uh, personal reasons which are that, um, like to, to be transparent about this, uh, like me personally, I, I felt like after building a successful company, I wanted to know that I was uh, gonna be secure mm-hmm. uh, financially for in, in the long term. So mm-hmm. that's my personal reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the professional reason is that We sold to a company that's bootstrapped as well, Mm -hmm. uh, and that made it above and beyond the 10 million uh, ARR milestone. Mm -hmm. And we're convinced that we're going to go further and quicker with them than we would without them. Uh, And in the end, it's not like, okay, maybe you hold on for another year and you sell for twice or or thrice the amount um but does that really impact your life hmm. uh i'm not sure uh however if like now it's all about it's more about ambition and right. ego than it is about safety and and uh material comfort uh and hmm. i really think we're we're going to go further and quicker
1: uh absolutely that. yeah so how are you, how are you, I I think I, I should have asked this question in the beginning, but how are you feeling right now? Like after two years of journey going from zero to like where you are, what are some emotions, you know, what did you do? Like, I, I'm sure you guys celebrated together with your families In you know, personally, uh, but how, what are some emotions you want to share with folks? Is that like a sigh of relief or what is it? You feel more ambitious? I don't know <laughs> it's it's very hard like
2: <laughs> it's it's the first time we felt this, so it's it's hard to actually know what you feel, you know because it's because the 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 feel, the thing is that we are gonna work two years with the uh, lempire, so it's not mm-hmm. over uh it's not over right now, and we are working hard today for our users um mm-hmm. so yeah it's like you get some money, you don't know what to do with the money because you actually don't need it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What about you, Tom? Uh,
0: yeah, I think, so it's funny because, uh, one of the things, uh, so obviously you sign the papers, you get the money, it's like exciting for 48 hours or, or, um, and what I did yesterday, uh, is, uh, I sent a message to the very first person who gave me a job. So I was fresh mm. out of college. Uh, mm. and I sent him a message. Like he, he's, he's still the owner of the business. I was employee number three or something like that, mm. or number two. Uh, and I, I just wrote to him like, okay, well, I just made an exit, you know, uh, and uh, I just wanted to say thank you, uh, hmm. thank you for like having me as your second or third employee. Thank you for teaching me specific skills. Thank you for giving me like trusting me to take on projects and right. etc. Thank you for letting me go in peaceful terms terms so that I could uh, launch my my first company Mm. etc etc and this felt actually pretty emotional for me to to Mm. write it up uh and i think yeah i i just feel thankful um yeah thankful for many other people but to to write this message specifically to this person meant
2: a lot to me and the same to to twitter people like the the amount of of love and support that we receive from twitter especially it's it's crazy like it's it's insane how people that you never met can actually really help you right. on something that is important for you Right.
1: yeah i think that's the yeah. serendipity of you know twitter as a community right you know i've never met any of you but we still have some common connection and uh a sense of a sense of support early believer type of a thing uh and shout out to you for actually supporting me in my journey as a as as a founder with shout out you know you were one of the first paying customers so appreciate that and i love what you said thomas at the end of the day it's those people if you look back right those are the ones who install that the belief confidence conviction that hey i took a shot on you And I'm so glad you remembered them. You know, not many people remember that. They just move on with their busy life. So I love that. And, man, I'm so thrilled to see, you know, in the audience seat and being like a supporter uh, as well as like, you know, uh, just like a fellow founder. And I'm so happy and I'm so, I, I, I don't know how to put this in words, but it's so joyful to see someone like you guys who went from with intention like okay let's build small things for fun and see how things work to where you are right now and that that is a clear sign for people that things miracles do happen if you just move one inch at a time right so congrats to both of you and i wish like the best of the best for you and i hope whatever the thing you're you're chasing next it's it's going to happen for sure i i have utmost belief in both of you the way you handle things uh it's phenomenal the way you treat customers p- put people in front of you uh for whatever you know the experiments you take and I, I i love this that energy and i'm rooting for you big time so any any closing thoughts before we wrap up
0: um yeah i just want to say add one thing um just on top of what you just said, is that a, a lot of what we achieved is uh, our own will, and a lot more is the connections you make, the people you reach out to. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many people uh, that we know and that we do not know personally that right. helped us get through this. So, yeah, if one last thought is like, don't forget the people, <laughs> uh, meet new people. Bring value to other people, uh, mm-hmm. and
2: eventually, eventually, uh, it, it always pays off. And I would just say thank you, like thank you, Sharad, thank you, Twitter, I thank you, Tom, also that you agreed to quit your job <laughs> to join me when when I already had quit my job. <laughs> so yeah, right. I'm, awesome. I'm super thankful right now to lots of people.
1: I love that. Yeah, I think you guys share most of, you know, your next steps on Twitter. So that's why I didn't dive deeper into those things because you're obviously going to do that. Uh, But yeah, I I will let, you know, find where where people can find you. Like you want to let people know. Uh, You want to tag. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm uh, at Tom Jackwison, which is really hard to spell. So just like (laughs) Tom J and you should find me on Twitter.
2: (laughs) And I'm at oh. Thibault Maker. Thibault is T-I-D-O.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I'll put everything in the show notes as well. Uh, but yeah, man, you know, great, great chatting with you guys. Great knowing your experience. And again, rooting for you big time. I'm always here to like support. Uh, that's that's a wrap, guys, for folks who are listening. Keep building, keep building momentum. Keep moving one inch at a time. That's all that matters. Everything else universe gives to you, gives back to you so good luck with all of your projects and all of your ideas uh keep keep building see you guys thank you
2: sharad